This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Melro 210. Let's all put on our sunscreen and remain indoors because this is a quarantine sideshow where your favorite fucking bad movie podcast loses its goddamn mind every week by watching 90s television. Mm -hmm. I am joined with my good friends, Christopher Cabin. Ahoy, ahoy. uh, Andrew Jupin. Yo! And Eric Siska. How you doing? Uh, we are, we're back all together. Uh, we, Chris was away on Monday. We actually thought it was a close call for Chris Cabot again this week. He's having, yeah, yeah. he's having a hell of a time out there in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> they got me. Uh, I gotta tell you, I don't know who they are, but they got me. <laughs> I was actually, I had a, a audio clip all set up when you, if you weren't going to do today, which is the, uh, the chorus to Tom Waits's everywhere I go, it rains on me. <laughs> Which, I thought uh, you the Travis song. Why does it always rain? On oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that song. Totally. Wow. Remember Travis? Uh, <laughs> also, remember Melrose Place, you guys? Because it's Thursday and we're talking about Melrose Place. Today we're talking about uh, My Way, uh, season one, episode, I don't know, what is it, seven? Oh, episode seven. Uh, original air date, August 19th, 1992. Also, if you go to the IMDb, the someone's having fun with the image graphic for this episode. Oh, the the header, the one that it defaults to. Yes, because it's oh, it's yeah. uh, Courtney Thorne Smith with her eyes closed mid sentence. Like, what a shitty thing to do. <laughs> it is fucking serious derp face. It's the <laughs> funniest thing. I was laughing at it kind of while watching this but whole episode. The best bit of trivia on this on the page for this episode is that somebody pointed out. That this aired two days before the Ruby Ridge uh, <laughs> incident <laughs> happened. That's on the IMDb. I didn't see that. There was some guy who just get, I, it did, I got two a lot of down votes. Chris, two, <laughs> day, two days before? I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. So this, August twenty first, I think, this, is when it started. So the episode was so bad it set off the chain of events. Yep, that was the one. <laughs> this guy was on it. Don't worry, whoever this fucking poster was. <laughs> I love uh, that. Uh, so the only trivia I could see, which is something that people were pointing out to us uh, on Twitter earlier, which I guess happened last week, but we didn't really notice because she didn't have many lines. This is a Sandy centric episode. And it's new Sandy. This Sandy ain't from the South no more, everybody. Dude, totally. She's now from just flat-sounding New Jersey. This it's, is one of those things where it really fucks with you. Because I kept on hearing the Southern accent yeah, see, while I, I was watching it. And your I was mind like, no. fills in those blanks. Yeah, it's really <laughs> fucking weird. It is bizarre, though. I mean, well, also for me watching it, just due to talking about her so much during this quarantine and doing the impression of her slash the Zelda Rubenstein impression. Whenever she's on the television now, like I listen to what she's saying, but in my head, 
all I'm hearing is, hey, y'all. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Guess what? We're not going to stop doing that. That was that the character was no supposed way. to be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's more fun to do it that way. So this is, uh, she's got the A story. Billy's got the B story. Wow. I totally had that reversed, by the way. Really? Yeah. I mean, we start with her, I feel... And she has the big moment towards the end. I think, yeah, I, I, she almost leaves Melrose Place, Andrew. I think that's got to be the A story. I guess so. I mean, uh, the only thing I'd offer is there's more scenes of the Billy storyline, and it ends on the Billy storyline. It does end on the Billy storyline. Uh, and uh, the C storyline is Michael and Jane, question mark? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think we can all agree that the C storyline is definitely them, and that's nowhere else. <laughs> because the, it's like a total of like 45 seconds. It's incredible. And they come to some epiphany, which I don't even understand at the end of it. Uh, so we start with well we'll we'll do Sandy's storyline first maybe the A one storyline and, and Billy will be A two <laughs> here because uh, it starts with her it's her in a casting office a very like weird we're trying something out shot of like we're starting with her screaming and we're looking at her mouth yeah it's kind of like the opening of Blowout <laughs> uh, but it's also it's um. it's weird because this like starting off with her screaming and we're like yeah. Steve, like you said, we're like pulling away from her mouth and whatever, and you see that she's at an audition for a horror movie. But then, like, it almost instantly cuts to like the courtyard, and more credits start rolling, and then like Billy and Allison's story starts. And I was like, was this like their attempt at a weird, super short cold open or something? Kind of, it, it feels that way, doesn't it? Because yeah, it doesn't really work. As a scene, because it's so short and it's so weird, and it's yeah. really, I mean, it's just Sandy at an audition. She's trying out for a slasher movie, uh, and the joke is there's a lot of dialogue uh, that gets cut for the audition, and it's like he just like scream again, which is like you know, sure. Well, I mean, as John Travolta points out in Blowout, man, I mean, the scream is like the most important part. You know, you got to make sure you got that down. A scream queen. I, I this is like what ninety two. I mean, slasher yeah. still existed in the obviously in the rental market as well, but like. This is a, a downturn for the slasher market for sure, right? No, yeah. no whoa, doubt whoa, about whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But do you know what comes out exactly a year from this and what I think they're probably, this is probably for? Oh, please. Is Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the 90s slasher par excellence so jason's souls transformed in transforming and going into my body now oh uh, uh, hey y'all i'm auditioning for the role of medical technician that eats his heart for some reason or whatever yes. oh hell go ahead we are, we are miles away and you stole my joke i love it <laughs> oh hell ronda i'm gonna have a demon popping out of my mouth <laughs> oh wow what excuse me why does the last 40 pages take place in a haunted mansion y'all shouldn't this be at a summer camp wait y'all this screenplay's talking about jason's ancestry y'all that seems stupid child why is this screen direction just the word naked eight times in a row uh that's kind of where this goes so yeah i mean that's her thing um, oh i will say though funny enough released the same year that this episode aired is uh candy man okay uh which also stars vanessa williams uh ronda oh yeah nice yeah did, did that candy man get moved the new one did uh, that had to have gotten moved right 
I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, everything's getting moved, so probably. Yeah. I was really excited about that. It looked really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah Candyman actually came out. So what did you say, Steve? This aired in August? Yeah, August 92. So, yeah, just two months later, October 16th, 1992, man, fucking Tony Todd touches down. I got to rewatch <laughs> that movie. I watched it probably, and I, I feel like I was paying attention, but, like, I wasn't super into it, and I feel like I was probably wrong. Uh, I rewatched it. In quarantine, I should say. So, you know, within the last uh, seven weeks. Yeah, um, same. It's to- good. Totally holds really up, man. Good. It's fucking awesome. The weirdest thing about that movie is that it has a Philip Glass score. Yes, it definitely does. It's <laughs> and it's weird. amazing. It's fucking great. But yeah, like, it's yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, anyway, so f- weird things with slashers and cast members of this show and so on. So, you know, uh, Sandy comes back and she's at Shooters, uh, cause we'll do the Sandy bit and then we'll do Billy. Yeah. Uh, cause I don't want to blow my pipes out doing the Billy impression. So <laughs> <laughs> save that for the end. But let's not forget Michael and, uh, oh, what, what's her name again? Jane. Jane. You know, you. let's just do that really quickly. Cause it's, I love this. I love it. It's them. Uh, they're trying to. He's like, "Oh, Jade, the baby's coming. I gotta, I gotta measure the whole house. Eek! I broke my ankle." But this he's is like, it, "This bedroom is is bigger than my, you know, my entire living situation right now. It's humongous." <laughs> and then there, he's trying to like move a fucking dresser by himself and throws it on his own ankle. I don't know what he's trying to fucking do. Because first of all, he's like, oh, babe, I don't know. Gee, goo, goo, goo. We got to find some space for the crib in here. Booba. And I'm like, dude, she's like four weeks pregnant. <laughs> You're fucking worrying about yeah. crib placement? Also- and the fucking dresser has shit all over the top of it. <laughs> you could ask her to help. You could do it in some way. You could that take, the, not- take the drawers out, maybe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there are ways to do this. This is like a, a suicide uh, reshuffling of this fucking house. <laughs> you complete imbecile. Sit down and decide where you want it. Don't be like, I'm just going to move to bed here. I'm going to move to crutch here. I, uh, the way he does this pratfall, by the way, it reminds me very much of this time I went out drinking with some buddies and we're driving back and I really have to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. So I, they pull off at the side and I walk away a little bit of a ways. I think that I'm out of sight. I get piss all over my pants because I'm drunk. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. I got to go back in the car like this. I'm like, let me do on my way back. I'll do a pratfall, fall in the snow and then be like, oh, there's snow. Oh, my no, God, there's snow. Oh, my genius God. move by you. <laughs> So I did this, and I came back, and everyone was like, why did you fake fall? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally nobody fell for it, which reminds me very much of how Mr. Mancini takes this prop fall. It just, it does not look natural at all. Like, what are you doing? Why did you fall in the middle of your own house? But it's you like fell a bad... for it, Steve. You <laughs> fell did. for it. I it's like a bad, like, uh, uh, like a high school play. Yes. And it's like two 15-year-olds playing a married couple, and he's got to, like, fake hurt his ankle. It's so dumb. Uh, so he he has to go to the hospital. He like sprains his ankle. They come in in the Sandy storyline in the middle, which we'll talk about. But the only other scene, they, the only the two scenes. A, it's another hilarious. That one, this this next one is the funniest thing dude, I've ever seen in my life. This, <laughs> this so one good. has no. Listen, the only way this next part makes any sense is if their fucking house is haunted by a poltergeist. <laughs> It's the same. So he's making her. He's like, "Oh, babe, I feel so bad. You're waiting on me hands and foot. Let me make you some lentils and peas." And he, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, this is so good. You're gonna love this. Let me just try to move it by myself with my fucking broken leg 
he somehow drops it all over the fucking kitchen floor. The the towel he was holding is now on fire. <laughs> and that's where the poltergeist comes in because what are we doing? How does this towel just burst into flame? Because oh, he does a famous fuck up and he, he doesn't turn off the oven before he takes the pot off. Yeah, oh. leaves it on. And he just turns. He's like, "Oh my God, fire extinction!" Yeah, this is this is Melrose, and of course, stipulation aside, here this place has been haunted by my great grandfather, <laughs> as my master Lucifer uh, has said to me. I have to keep all flames on all ovens at least three feet high, even on low. This the- towel just bursts into flames. And though. then Jane comes in, and there is lentils everywhere it's a huge mess i was laughing at this mess it reminded me of that state sketch you ever remember uh and the popes are coming over in 20 minutes yes and and they're trying to like eat cleanly in their nice white suits and they they just basically destroy the stage that's what this looks like it's like uh when kevin is carrying the chili in the office and he fucking (laughs) spills it i mean it's that kind of a poor dude and she bends over and she's just like well, you know, it's all right. I'm just going to go get a couple of quarter pounders. <laughs> well, it must have been the ghost of Melford Rowe, the first. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, I thought you were going to say his grandfather was actually Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> He's cut up, on a, cut up on a movie set. I do. She does say at the end, all right, I'll just go get us two, two quarter pounders. I'm like, oh, well, uh, what are you going to have? Yeah. T- I mean, honestly, yep, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Jane, you're not eating tonight? <laughs> can i get you a, a bag of nugs son <laughs> oh dude yeah definitely a sack full of nugs for those pregnancy cravings absolutely fucking nug bag <laughs> so and the third and final scene of this non-story is she's like oh hey michael i'm making uh dinner pasta alla mancini and he's like oh babe you always know what to do. Cook me dinner. The question in this part, they know the sex of the child somehow already? Great point, I, Eric. I think that's a thing where they're just saying it. I thought about that, too. Like, oh, he's going to love you. He's going to yeah. admire you, Michael Mancini, doctor guy. <laughs> maybe maybe it's one of those things where she's like, oh, fuck. Like, he's going to be furious if this isn't a boy. That's Because he's one of those fucking people. You oh, know right. what I mean? Oh, Jane, I already have a telepathic connection with the child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Melford Rowe has taken it to the dark dimension. <laughs> and mother to me. Oscar. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, you know, Mel, that's, you're exactly right, Eric. Melford Rowe exists only as a painting. And like, yes, exactly. he comes out to collect rent occasionally to bring it to hell with him. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, he, he comes just, out of the painting? Yeah, to collect the rent. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, man. I'm we gotta liking get this. Him and Malachi Throne, we got to get these two together. Oh, do, do, do not. That's how, This is the way the world ends, with a handshake, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's their story. So, moving on to Sandy, who, again, no accent in this, is she's at Shooters. Jake, I mean, this guy is a shit heel. To beat the band he walks into shooters she's got a, a tray of beer that she's serving to all sorts of different people and jake's just like yoink and, and she's like that's not yours child he's like it is now <laughs> yeah oh, did, did you lose your job sorry <laughs> <laughs> what a lovable road <laughs> again i mean this we've we've talked about this extensively on the air recently i feel speaking of sack full of nugs but it goes back to you know, the decorum around visiting a friend at work. 
And I'm also speaking now to Billy, who drops in to Allison's place of work quite a lot this episode. Also, like when you're visiting a friend at work, man, you have to be acting like you also have that job. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah. like for Jake to come in and be like, hey, yoink, glug, glug, glug. She's like, <laughs> I mean, it's and insane. I mean, and I'm sure Sandy is like, you know, his bill every night is probably like 25 cents and it's a wink and a nudge. But you got to keep that shit low. That's how it works when your friend works at a bar. It's like, you know, you act like a regular customer, but then they hook you up at the end. Absolutely. And, and then the, you tip the shit out of them, which I'm sure Jake does not do. That's why well, you read my mind, Steve. Exactly. Because thinking back to the days we had a, a friend of ours worked at a bar downtown and we would go, we would drink for free the entire night, like five of us. And then you throw him a bunch of money, you know, and that bar went out of business. So <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> I think when it comes to Jake, I think he's thinking, you know, uh, the the tip is the view you get when you're talking to me, baby. Oh, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. That's or maybe right. get come get your tip later. It's it's in my fucking pants. <laughs> uh, he tries that. It doesn't work this episode. So she uh, is really excited about this audition. Rhonda shows up. She's like, you had a, you had I almost said voicemail wrong. Uh, an answering <laughs> machine message. From that lady, you got the part. Yay. But she fucks with her, though, here. Yes. Which I believe starts everything out on the bad note because she's like, no, you didn't get any calls. Oh, wait, there was like a a Feldstone or a Feldstein. And she's like, Feldman. And Rhonda's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Feldman, you got the part. Is this is the Seinfeld mirror universe. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Like, meanwhile, this poor woman is, like, waiting for this callback. She's, like, you know, doubting herself, doubting her acting ability. And this this roommate friend of hers is supposed to deliver the message. And it's like, oh, I'll deliver that message. But not before fucking with this person for yeah, a few it, minutes. It, it's definitely not like Sandy fucks with people constantly. <laughs> <laughs> like, in literally every episode. So uh, she gets the part. She's super excited. It's um, She's trying to, she's trying to, and this is a, a Melrose Place staple. Of, ro- of bad roommates and nobody knows what a common area is for no one knows how to fucking live with another person i'm it's sorry insanity. you're all in your mid-20s figure it the fuck out you're all in your mid-20s all of your bedrooms have doors on them exactly let's like, do something here sandy if you need to run your lines if you want to read your lines you want to focus on those go in your room and close the door yeah Rhonda, if you want to fucking practice your you know pick out your new songs for your dance routine that's great Go in the room, close the door, keep the volume to a low roar, or use your fucking headphones. Yeah, but I guess it's just not compelling television. <laughs> That's fair. If everyone was just sitting in their room, not, yeah. not, not conflicting with one another. That's yeah. what everyone's doing now at Melrose Place. Right. I mean, I feel, though, like I would appreciate just one episode if someone, you know, if Allison is like, you know what, Billy? Can you fucking take that huge computer and go in your bedroom with it and leave it there? Just yes. once if someone acknowledged a living room. Every single episode, someone should tell Billy to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, <laughs> also true. So uh, Ron, uh, Sandy is uh, reading her lines. Rhonda's listening to loud music. She's like, hey, uh, could you uh, put your... And she, she's actually quite nice here. She's like, Rhonda, could you just please put your headphones on, girl? Because I just... I need to get these lines right. And she's like, no, I'm trying to get my new songs together for my dance routine. I'm like, that's... The answer to can you put your headphones on is one of two things. A, they're broken, or B, yes, of course. Because all you're doing, Rhonda, is listening to music. I I have a little bit of an argument for Rhonda on this one. Okay. it's She has to hear it in a full room because it's going to be playing in a full room. Mm. 
and yeah, like she needs to hear like and I, i'm sure the acoustics at the fucking ronda's aerobics are insane but uh oh if, get out of here it doesn't matter about sound but, quality it's fucking jazzercise dude <laughs> is it loud can i fucking shake my ass to the rhythm but also she fucking uh, uh sandy's like no i can't uh uh read my lines down by the pool i can't do it can't do it in my room can't do it in the bathroom <laughs> well that's I the have thing. to do it exactly here no but that's the thing chris you just child. pointed it out what is it? <laughs> yes please child no, but you just pointed out, Kevin, exactly right. Rhonda's suggestion is not, hey, Sandy, maybe you go in your bedroom. It is, hey, Sandy, maybe you try to go study lands out by the pool in public. Of course, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> but no one in, in either situation, neither of them say, could you please do that in your room? Listen, yes. if, if you know the rule. If you're sitting around by the pool, Matt's going to show up and be like, hey. We could all, if you're just sitting around, we could always use another set of hands at the halfway house. And that's a real problem with living at Melrose Place in general, Steve. I think you hit the nail on the head is a lot of people want to move here. Uh, one of the perks, I would think, right, is that, oh, fuck, there's a pool. That's pretty cool. But after, like, your first week there, you're already bumming. You're like, I can't even fucking sit by the pool. There's this guy. I think his name's Matt. Every time I'm trying to sit out by the pool and just relax, he's asking me to fucking volunteer at this halfway house. What is this place? So you can't use the pool. It's off limits because Matt's the worst. <laughs> and Malachi Throne resides there, as we all know. Oh, right. He lives <laughs> at the bottom he, of the pool. The, the portal hell that Mel, Road Fo- Mel Ford Row is also being called into <laughs> from time to time. Uh, also, the pool is also used for being tossed into. <laughs> That's actually very true. <laughs> no, if she went out there to read her line, she'd be tossed in the pool. Exactly. And then anything you... That's just open season. If you if you have a book, it's going in the pool. You're wearing a beeper, Dr. Michael mm-hmm. Mancini. Sorry, it's ruined. It's in the pool. No, yep, Rhonda that, can't get those fucking pages wet, dude. That patient died because that beeper <laughs> died. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, to top it off, Sandy is then like, Rhonda is about to make a phone call. And like Sandy's like, oh, honey, you're an incompetent. You don't know how to switch over to call waiting. Could you not use the phone? <laughs> Hey, you don't she, know what you're doing. She claims precedent, though. She says that Rhonda always ignores it and answers it too late, and they hang up. That, I mean, that's kind of nuts. That, that's a bit of a terrorist situation. You always have to switch over. Absolutely. I've never had call waiting. Really? Is that right? Yeah, I wouldn't even know what to do if something happened. <laughs> you push the button, and it no, clicks over. I just lived in a world of busy signals or bust. Wow. On your cell phone, do you have you have call waiting now? I <laughs> oh, assume. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. That's th- is that what we're talking about? Modern cell phones? Well, no, no, but one uh, call waiting is like you'd be on the phone, yeah. right? And then it would be, you'd be talking, and there would be like a dude in the speaker, right? I saw and, that in movies and television, right? And then you hit the the little hang up on the receiver, and it clicks over to the other line. Okay, and then you're like, no, my but mom's you, not here. If and you then do you it too hard, that. if I do a hard hang. That's probably not going to work, right? What well, hard is it? <laughs> like, like if you, I hold you, it down too long, like, <laughs> well, no, if fuck you, it up, it, dude, I'm going to fuck it up. Here's the thing. If you hold it down too long and it hangs up on who you're talking to, right. and you've just like fully hung up that phone, mm-hmm. that second line's going to get through and your phone's going to start ringing. Oh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Two-line phone. My brother once uh, dropped our portable, toilet, portable phone in the toilet and it whistled like a tea kettle for a while. Oh, that's something. <laughs> Just an FYI. Uh, so whatever. Like, yeah. So she, it, we're we're having a little bit of a roommate drama about, 
And like Rhonda is immediate, or I'm sorry, Sandy is immediately like, no, Rhonda. Rhonda's immediately like, oh, someone's getting a little too big for their britches. And it's like, I don't know. It's kind of an exciting time for this. It's an exciting week in Sandy's life. If everyone could just give her a titch of latitude. Thank you very much, Steve Sadek, <laughs> because these fucking heathens at this apartment complex are crawling up this girl's ass immediately. And they're not even taking into consideration, like, oh man, like this is her career. This is what she wants to do. They're treating it more like, oh, good for you. You got a little part in a thing. I'm on the other side of this completely. She's acting like Norma fucking Desmond. (laughs) She's like, oh, you never believed in me, did you, Jake? Well, fuck you very much. Goodbye. Much later in the episode, Kevin, not at the point we're talking about. But in Sandy's defense, I mean, like, you got characters like Billy is like, yeah, you're doing a little newspaper column that someone uses to line their parakeet's cage with. (laughs) Sure. And everyone in the complex is like, oh, my God, thank you. You are doing something. Oh, my Lord. And then she's acting in a major motion picture. And, and you know, I, I'm not trying to confirm be- that it's major. Well, well it's a motion picture. Yes, it's there, a motion picture. People love to belittle horror, but it's a motion picture. It's a big deal. It'll She's been be, on IMDb in a couple of years, Chris. I, it's true. It'll be lining uh, the $5 bin at the uh, car wash in like two <laughs> years. It'll be great for her. But see, it's circulating. Uh-huh. Billy's will, will never, no one will read a word by Billy. <laughs> so, a word <laughs> by Billy. So, she, <laughs> good title, honestly. She winds up, uh, she's got a, it's kind of a weird way she puts it. Like, the casting agent is taking her out to di- to a party. Uh, it's a party in the Hollywood Hills, y'all. I'm gonna get murdered tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so she's getting, she's all excited, and she she borrows Ron, uh, Rhonda's outfit without asking. And Rhonda's kind of pissed, which is fair, totally fair. Don't take my fucking clothes. Yes. But it, but again, it seems like this is going back and forth anyway. Like the volley know. is in full force at this point. <laughs> but uh, but in Rhonda's defense, right here, she's like, dude, I fucking wore that twice. And you're going to take it out. And she's like, I'll be careful with it, y'all. Promise I won't get murdered in it. (laughs) Also, when me and Andrew and Steve lived together, if I had come home and, like, Steve had had my uh, faded Snapcase T-shirt on (laughs) and I just didn't say anything about it, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? What are you fucking doing? What's the fucking deal with this? (laughs) And I'd be right to say, fuck you. Also, if you yeah, if I was wearing your faded Snapcase T-shirt, you should call the hospital because I've lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, you'd be swimming in it yeah, yeah. a little bit. At you, the time. you need to get you need to get the guys with the white outfits and the and the butterfly nets just just because <laughs> it's a sign of a much larger problem. So she she's on her way out and. In comes the entirety of Melrose Place. Mostly it's uh, Michael, Jane, and uh, Matt, of course. It's everybody who doesn't have anything else to do on this episode. <laughs> exactly. And they've got a cake and balloons. And they're like, and it's it's a nice gesture, but it's like just the wrong timing. It's because- a nice gesture, but like it is, it's going overboard, man. And they're like, yeah, we're throwing you a party. She's like, well, I, I have a date. And he's like, bring him along and it's like well no we're going somewhere else and he's like oh okay and like (laughs) and then she's like the casting director's coming over here i don't want to see fucking balloons i want to play this a little bit cool and and ron is like you know what just forget it just say it was my birthday or something yeah, yeah, and she's like, "Well, let me get these balloons out of here, y'all." And then Rhonda's like, "God, Sandy, just leave them." Then the next day, uh, how does this blow up? She's, she's she running, goes to the party, and she, then oh yeah, she, she comes home. Oh yeah, so she goes to the party. She comes home, 
and she is laughing like fucking Frank Gorshin on the set of the Batman show, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what gas she was gassed with, but it is terrifying. It's I eerie laughing. It is, and I think the thing here, at, at least I wanted it to go this way, and it doesn't, but I was like, oh, this week's lesson is uh, Sandy learns not to do cocaine at Hollywood parties. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously thought she was like drugged out of her mind. Yeah, I, I think she, she's supposed to be drunk or something. I was expecting one of like the casting director or some one of her producer friends to like hit on her really aggressively, like to have the Allison storyline from the beginning of the season. Yeah, right, right, right. And, and that just doesn't happen. She just comes back like I like I literally was Norma Desmond. Like you don't know what it's like yet. All my dreams are coming true. <laughs> You would expect yeah. it to be a bigger moral quandary than uh, should I be nude in a film? And it, that is like a big high stakes moment for Sandy in this. Well, it would be it would be high stakes for me, dude, if I was asked to fucking show my cock in a movie against <laughs> my will and I didn't want to do it. That'd be pretty high stakes. Sure. But I mean, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> so Jake is like, hey, want to fuck? And she's like, not really, because we don't go out and like. I mean, she she kind of th- shoves it in his face, but let's be honest here. This entire season, Jake has been going up to Sandy, letting her smell it, like, oh, I'm fucking this high school girl. Ooh, I might be fucking Allison. And now all of a sudden, it's like, want to come into my room? And she's like, nah, dude, you had your chance, Jake. <laughs> no. You had your chance. <laughs> it's great. It's great to do a power move against this guy, right? Absolutely. He's, he's gotten everything he's ever wanted, except for a job or money. Now, but the the thing right before this, though, is I think speaks to Chris's Norma Desmond idea here, because Jake's like, oh, that's so great. You got a part. You know, I always knew you'd make it. And she's like, don't lie, child. I know what you thought. You know, like you you always thought I'd be yeah. a fucking washout, spit out the back of the porn industry. He, kind prob- of thing. he probably did. <laughs> oh, he definitely did. They all did. That's the yeah, thing. That's I why you you know what, Sandy's right. Fucking lay waste to this fucking place. The smartest thing <laughs> she ever does is in the next scene when she tries to move. Because uh, <laughs> yes. she's running lines with Rhonda, and Rhonda, it's like Oh, it's like some, and it's your classic thing where it's not even at all in what we see later on, but it's like, you're going to get exactly what you deserve because you treat everyone so horribly. It's like, that ain't in the script, y'all. She's like, I guess I got carried away. And then they start like sniping at each other. And she's like, could you not do this? I have, I'm literally about to go to the biggest uh, job of my life in hours. And you're throwing this shit at my feet right now. Not a good friend move. Not the time for it. And she's like, she does the whole, like, you've changed and all of this. And it's like, listen, nobody, especially Sandy, asked for that party, Rhonda. I know that your <laughs> ass is burned about that, but nobody asked for that. The, the party is the stupidest idea in the, in the entire world. Like, <laughs> that, you shouldn't, for that little thing, for the stabbing four, you know, no. Yeah. I, At I, least I wait until, it. like, filming has been successful. And, or, like, if she's got a rap on the movie, yes. it's like, oh, she wrapped her first motion picture. And, That's awesome. And the argument, Rhonda does have a point, because she's like, look, I'm going to be your friend, but I'm not going to be a doormat. And Shandy's response to that is, Oh, well, then I guess we're not friends then. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that, honey. I can't walk on you constantly. <laughs> Fuck you. Also, yeah, if you're doing the party thing, it's got to be like, hey, Sandy, uh, are you free Saturday night? Oh, why? No reason. Just be here Saturday night. That's the way you do that shit. Because the way that she actually does it, Steve, good call, it, it actually uh, starts the whole 
Sandy reaction to the party off on the wrong note because she's like, oh, no, child, he's here 10 minutes early. Oh, I'm not even dressed yet. Rhonda, can you get the dough? And Rhonda's like, no, you get it. Because she knows that the people are at the door. And Sandy's like, Rhonda, just please get the door. I'm just not dressed yet. (laughs) (laughs) But then she's like, she doesn't understand it. So she just goes to the door angry. So she's the emotion she's feeling is like anger and frustration when she sees these people compounding her nervousness about this party and the role and everything else anyway. So the whole thing. Like, Rhonda should have found a better way to be like, oh, you know what? I'd really love to go get the door, but ooh, I got to go take a shit. There you go. Always, <laughs> always, always the reason. Just go with it every time, folks. So Sandy's just like, look, I guess I'm moving out, child, if we're not even friends no more. <laughs> so Bye, she- y'all. And this is exactly the energy I want to bring to set. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for being a good friend. I'm in a great mood to fucking get murdered today. Oh, you don't have anybody else to take my place? Bye. <laughs> so she does go to set. We do. We're having a little bit of fun this week on Melora's place because we're like, we're pretending. You know, we're not telling you we're at the scene right now. It's just uh, Sandy in a in a bog walking around. Uh, and of course, this this overweight miner comes to grab her. Yeah, it's my bloody Valentine for sure. Uh, yeah, I yes. think we were, we were all just about to say the same exact thing. Yeah, you can't use a fucking minor as your character, dude. That's an established horror villain, right? That's like if J- like a guy in a hockey mask came out, or yeah, it's yeah. like a less obvious version of that. But like you kind of know immediately though, Steve, because she's like in a forest out of nowhere. Yeah, it's fair, and she's very much dressed like a like camp counselor. Friday the 13th type character, you know, like the mm-hmm. fucking Daisy Dukes and a button down shirt that's tied off kind of a thing. She sees a dead body and then she's faced with the fat killer. <laughs> <laughs> now, is I, it- I love when this guy eventually takes off his like mask and they're behind the scenes on the set. And he just looks like a real like a heavy, heavy cane hotter with the mustache. <laughs> Kane Hodder if he never hit the weights. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kane Hodder on the offseason, on the convention circuit. Can- candy Kane Hodder. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Kit Kat Hodder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he fucking kills Twinkies. <laughs> You'll never be ready for the fat killer. <laughs> You'll be out of breath when you meet the fat killer. Get ready to go on a diet of blood with the fat killer. <laughs> You may think you can outrun him because you can. It's the fat killer. <laughs> Escape by doing a single pull-up to avoid the fat killer. He's breathing heavy, but you're not breathing at all. <laughs> when you're up against the oh, fat there killer. it is. There it is. That's the one. That's on the poster. <laughs> So it is the fat killer. He's just kind of hanging out. Uh, you, the, this director, who, and it, it's it's such a straw man bullshit thing. They 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 immediately choose a female director for no reason. Like name me fucking. I mean, I know uh, the last nightmare movie is directed by a woman. There are female slasher directors, but they turn her into the Harvey Weinsteiny yep. cigar chomping. Like I mean, that's now you're why. gonna take your top off, and it's like okay. Because if a man was doing it, it would be like too heinous for television. That's it. I mean, that's exactly it. That's the only reason why the director of fucking Bloodbath 4 or whatever this is, is this woman. 
to be like, oh, see, like it's just the industry itself. It's not a man problem. Yeah, and she's exactly. got a great line too. It's like, oh, what you? Oh, you don't want to do a topless scene? Well, you know what? You're not special. You're a piece of fucking shit. And I can get <laughs> another piece of fucking shit in here within a week. I mean, to this director's point, this director knows that she's making Bloodbath Four. Yeah, yes. you know, like, and she's totally right <laughs> i mean it is a slasher movie and you'd think sandy would have some knowledge of that but it, they should have obviously told her before she oh yeah you can't you can't fucking no. spring this on people and that's got to be like contractual things or well, it should it should be is she sag or what is my question because i feel like sag wouldn't let this happen but i mean obviously this stuff happens all the time sort of but not like this not feel, like this I, I feel like it probably does happen like this an awful lot <laughs> i mean if you're working for like a trauma level movie I, yeah. I don't think there's too many checks and balances going on there <laughs> oh definitely not you you don't want to look at those books at, at, yeah at a trauma level is checks and balances <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Do you think when people get there, like, you know, a lot of actors on Twitter or whatever will be like, oh, I got my six cents, uh, whatever check. And then someone's like, yeah, my six cent check, check from trauma bounced. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, don't if, have it. They sent me a, a check for a negative amount. So when I <laughs> deposit it, it takes money from me. <laughs> it goes back to Lloyd Kaufman. It's the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she and like, so the, the thing is like, we're going to do that was great. Let's do it again. This time he's going to slowly cut into your shirt and grab your breasts. And it's like, okay, she's really uncomfortable. She doesn't want to do it. But then she, you know, she gets talked to it because this woman kind of blues her. And then she does it. And the guy's like cutting off her shirt very slowly. And then we cut. It'd be you hear the, the, the director too, like giving like direction to the guy playing the killer. The fat and then, killer. <laughs> and then like back to directing Sandy and she's like, that's right. Yeah, just let those tears keep flowing. <laughs> yeah, dude. And you're like, man. Okay, oh, man. female director. That's you know, that's how it is. These these women directors, man, they're they're a real fucking terror on set. Also, a thing about what the direction is doing here, it doesn't make any sense because from the first take, yes. it's clear that what they're filming here is like a jump scare. This character that Sandy is playing is gonna be murdered immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, the weird thing about it is, like, they're making a point of, like, this is awful. She shouldn't be treated like this. Let's also show it happen. Yes. Oh, of course. You could have just cut there, also making the episode shorter, which makes me happy. Well, Chris, this is the sexiest moment of the show. <laughs> yes. But, but the it's other... bad. It's bad. Don't you know it's bad? What she's directing in the second take, though, is, like from a different part of the movie and something that yes. would be happening to a different character. You well, know what I it's mean? It's more like, ah, okay, that, that was great. Thank you so much. Ah, you want to do that as pornography? Yeah, let's do that as pornography now. <laughs> that was good. We tried it once, uh, not as pornography. What, let's do it now as pornography. What What I'm going to do is do a Jonathan Demi close-up on your chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's truly awful. And, like, you kind of, it, it cuts, like, after the dude, like, cuts off the second button of her sh- the second of two buttons that are <laughs> yes, buttoned on the final shirt. second and final button yeah uh so we cut there she comes she's now moving out um and as she is uh is this when she runs into jake and she yeah she's she's yep. kind of, she runs she runs into jake and they have a scene and she kind of explains and it's and again pretty good amy locaine acting here now that the accent isn't tripping her up I definitely, uh, I definitely think 
sans accent, we have an improvement on the performance, guaranteed. She's just like, oh, you know, and like she uh, relives the humiliation. She lets Jake know what's going on. And she walks out, right? She doesn't actually do it. That's a question that I think is left open because that's what I thought she was about to then say is like, and then I couldn't do it, so I walked off. But she doesn't say that. Instead, she says like how the director had the actor like, hold her breast and cut the shirt open with the machete and everything. And I was like, so they got the take or what? You know, I, I don't know that it's actually clear. Uh, yeah. So like, that's how that goes. And like, Jake is like kind of trying to talk her into staying. He's like, but all your friends are here. And I, if I get like, even if like, you know, maybe I feel bad the way I treated Rhonda. It's it's reason enough to leave Melrose Place. All of this is yeah. reason mm-hmm. enough to like. You know what? I just I had a, what I thought was going to be a good week, and like, yeah, it went shitty because of the other stuff, but also went shitty because these people will not leave me alone. Totally, I just can't get a lick of privacy. Also, I can, I can still work at Shooters. They can come see me there. At least there's a fucking there's a framework here. For uh, yeah, they show up. They show up there anyway. <laughs> you know, they, they they abuse that relationship at her job. Does she need it in her private life too? Yeah, exactly. Um, also, though, her weird thing about like, oh, you know, uh, don't worry. There's someone uh, I know from the production who's hooking me up at a guest house in the hills somewhere. And I was like, is this woman going to live on the street? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, is that a fake story? Like, I couldn't get whether or not she was telling the truth about that. Maybe it was either between her or Kato Kalen for that guest, guest house situation. <laughs> you don't know. You didn't know who was going to get it. Right. That's it's actually a, true. A, a long-haired blonde. Either, <laughs> either or. That's what the... <laughs> <laughs> one who appears to like surfing and one who does not. Uh, so whatever. She winds up staying at Melrose Place and everything works out, right? She apologizes to Rhonda. Rhonda apologizes to her. And like Rhonda even says, like, you know, I got a little jealous too. I'm like, oh, fucking course you did, Rhonda, because your wheels are spinning. Remember when you turned down that dance troupe for no reason? Exactly. Excuse me, Rhonda. Like, this was just, what, last week we were talking about this? <laughs> That's what's killing me about this is the only people they encourage is Billy. Everyone else is like, no, you should feel bad about trying to succeed at life. Maybe because Billy is the one... They secretly definitely don't like. So they're like, oh, yeah, let's encourage this guy. So he gets a solid career, gets successful, doesn't need to have Allison as a roommate anymore. And he can fucking leave this place that we all treasure so much. (laughs) Or we all know he's so fucking talentless, he'll never do it. Let's just keep pushing him so we look good. And when he fails out, he fails out. That's true. And bonus points if he winds up face down in the pool. Fantastic. Malachi <laughs> Throne, fed again. So that's it. We've been teasing it. Everyone, you know, the throne heads out there are going nuts waiting for this storyline for weeks. Uh, so this is, I mean, that's, that's Sadie's thing. She just, they make up. Everybody's happy, blah, blah, blah. She didn't fuck Jake, but Jake's looking out for her like a big brother these days. Yada, yada, yada. She'll be off the show in three weeks. Um, oh, we're going to go eat. They end with like eating cake together. Oh, that's what you Let's pig out, child. So, hey, y'all, you got any cake left from that party I hated? <laughs> So, where are your balloons? I love those balloons. I'm sorry I said that. Hey, who wants to watch my pornography later? <laughs> Jake raises his hand. <laughs> so uh, we start off. Allison is cleaning. She's and again, she's up. Billy. Everybody in the, this. You guys need to fucking break up, dude. Because either fuck or break up. Because she's up his ass. Like 
where have you been? I haven't seen you. And he's like, I don't know. I had a dark night of the soul. I kind of just walked around a little bit. And she's like, Billy, this is L.A. People don't wander. I was like, Skid Row has something to disagree with you about. <laughs> uh, so whatever. She, you know, they could have a little blow about, you know, Bill, Billy has some short story idea on a sure. cocktail napkin. Fucking she- put it on like a piece of toilet paper and then like <laughs> fucking soaked it in red wine or something. And yeah, then you get a look at this thing. It looks disgusting. Why would you ever keep this? Unless it was covered by additional garbage after That's she threw pop- it out. Allison, I had an idea for a short story. It said, beginning, conflict, and epiphany. You can't throw that out. <laughs> and it's a killer all- idea. It's so important, too, because the newspaper shuttered. The free newspaper is gone. His column is gone. Oh, yeah, dude. He says it went under. And she's like, what? How does a free paper go under? He's like, I don't know, Allison. I'm not a newspaper scientist. (laughs) Allison, I had this great idea for a movie called The Silence of the Sheep. Where a young FBI agent gets with a catalytic killer. Uh, Billy, you gotta stop coming up with ideas when you're sitting right by my video shelf, bud. So, uh, like, well, fine, forget you, Allison. Bye, go to work or whatever. So <laughs> she does, and Billy gets a call from his parents, like, hey, we're all excited to see you this weekend. You and Allison both are like, oh, fuck, it's that weekend. <laughs> so he goes to her place, her place of employment again. He brings her flowers, and he's like, oh, so, listen, I was being a grade-A jerk before. Sorry about that. Yeah, she she works at uh, D&D, Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> That's what I thought the entire time, because she keeps on answering the phone going, D&D. Uh, oh, yeah. please, D&D. Uh, Billy, Billy, what are you going to do with your mage? Uh, D&D, what'd you roll? Hold, please. D&D, what'd you roll? Hold, please. <laughs> D&D, Andrew doesn't know how to play it. Hold, please. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. If if you don't have enough XP points to f- beat the dragon, I don't know what, what to tell you. I honestly <laughs> don't know what to tell you. Customer helpline. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. If, if, Derek, if, if Derek is your Gia, your game master, and he's giving you bad rolls, you've got to talk to Derek. I, we can't do anything here at D&D Industries. <laughs> That's a Derek problem. D&D Industries. So whatever, uh, he's like, oh, you know, uh, my, my family's got this awesome place in Palm Springs. Want to spend the weekend with us? Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be great. She's like, I guess so. I, you yeah. know, absolutely not. This yeah. is where you do the I am moving out. Yep. <laughs> Thank yep. you. Me and yep. Sandy are going to get a place together somewhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. These, those are the two that only have like a little bit like have any kind of decorum about them. Seriously. She's like, she's like, hey, Billy, you remember a couple weeks ago when me and Sandy had that heart to heart at the abortion clinic? Well, it turns out ever since then, we've become really good friends and we're just going to move in together. So I don't know. Maybe you can move in with Rhonda. I'm sure she wouldn't want that. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> no, uh, Sandy and fucking Allison go and they split OJ's guest room. <laughs> and that's going to be a great series for like a year and a half. Allison, I can't talk now. I'm supposed to be hiding this knife. <laughs> oh, Allison, the juice needs to be to look after his stuff while he's in Chicago. Oh, sorry about this, Allison. I can't meet you for lunch today. The juice uh, asked me to pick him up in the Bronco. I got to drive him somewhere. <laughs> he just wants to see his mom, okay? <laughs> he just wants to see his mother. Just let him see his mother, okay? What's with all this police? Can a guy drive? <laughs> oh, Allison, sorry. Me and Al Michaels need to fuck with the, the state's timeline. I'll be back a little later. <laughs> 
Uh, oh man, so yeah, it's it's important to uh, point out here also that Billy says his parents rent a condo in Palm Springs every year, and not only is Billy attending, but he has multiple assist, uh, sisters who are also attending. It's very important yeah. to keep that in mind. Which, which and that makes sense. And when they they finally get there, and he's like, "Oh, Allison," they're, they're at the doorway, and he's like, "Oh, little thing, I got, I forgot to tell you, my sisters aren't coming," and she's like. Well, that just really sucks because now it's like now it's like this weird double date, like with me and your parents. That's, that's much more awkward than just a friend coming over. It's like, yeah. Oh, also, I told them we were going uh, out. <laughs> a, a, a little bit, a little bit high to brother Andrew. Uh, could you please come on the show? No, I'm not doing that, Andrew. Uh, could you please come on the show? We have a special a special part for you. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, thank you very much. I have the saint to uh, do in three years. Uh, Alfred, it's going to be great. You're going to beat my sister. She was in Back to the Future too. You love that movie. <laughs> this fucking Costanza-level yeah. web of lies that he's got uh. going on here, dude. Like, they get their Malachi throne. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the, the name of the actor who plays Billy's father. And it's well, just- it's just, William Senior, uh, and you can only say it when you write it in blood. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. If you say it backwards three times, it goes back into the pool into the hell dimension. So he's like making smoothies or cocktails or something, and they're like just talking to what they think is their son's girlfriend. And then it also comes up that he has fucking told his parents that not only are they dating, but that she works for a literary agency. But the, the, the literary agency that sold his script? Question oh, right. Mark. Yes. <laughs> it's all, none of it makes sense. But, and I feel like Billy thinks here it's like, oh, wow, perfect fail safe. I'll just tell them that it's in development hell and we'll never know when the movie's actually going to come out. Because, uh, yeah, it's also, yeah, she works for a literary agency, the same literary agency that bought my script. Wow, this is getting fucking heavy, dude. <laughs> oh, so you're loaded then or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, can I talk to you outside for a second, dude? And she fucking calls him out on this. And in the biggest asshole line, I think he has had the entire series so far. He's like, Allison, you should be flattered. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, what are you talking about? He And again, it's one of those things that he doesn't even, he learns a different lesson in this episode. He does not learn not to fuck with people, which is the lesson <laughs> he should learn. Yeah, Alice, stop using your friends like this. Allison, you should be honored. This is one of my wackiest schemes. <laughs> <laughs> I chose to include you in my wackiest of harebrained schemes yet. So uh, sh- she's like playing along as best she can, even though the lie keeps moving. And... <laughs> It comes to pass that Billy's dad wants him to take over the furniture store. He gave him a year to not do that, but now it's come time to do that. This dinner scene, my fucking God. It's straight out of Todd Solon's. Mal- <laughs> Malachi Throne is over there saying, it's the good genes that make you talented. <laughs> like, I'm like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> it's pretty serious. And again, like, Dr. Should, Eugenics over here. We should say this dude's voice beats the fucking band, man. It is velveteen and awesome. It's so great, dude. It's his voice is so great that I was thinking about like looking up ladder in life Malachi throne roles just so I could hear him speak further. Because he doesn't have a ton of lines in this. Well, you episode. know, when, once you get to hell, he's probably like the boat, <laughs> oh, the boatman or something. Sure, yeah, like sure. the devil likes good soothing voices. It's like him, Leonard Cohen, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Nick Cave. 
Uh, oh, he's he's on retainer. Yeah, yeah Michael no. Jackson. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, I, they have a fax machine in hell now. <laughs> uh, so look, whatever. Uh, she goes to bed, and he's okay. Go- hang on. Uh, before we get out out of the the first night here, this is why I was talking about. Um, he says that the the sisters uh, aren't going to come after all, or whatever, because. The two of them are forced to sleep on a fold-out couch together, is the thing. And if this condo was originally supposed to sleep, like, three different siblings and partners, why are they sharing this fucking couch? Well, because Elizabeth Shue was in Adventures in Babysitting. She could get a hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just insane. And also... Billy, God damn it, dude. Billy Campbell, you fucking son of a bitch. Allison is like bundled up with yep. like pajama pants dude. and her bathrobe and slippers on. And he's laying there fucking spread eagle in boxer shorts like, Alvin, I promise, no funny stuff. Just come to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, if you are sharing a fucking bed with a platonic person where there could be sexual things going on, you got to fucking at least put a shirt on, a put t-shirt. pants on. Yeah. He's like laying out, dude. The, He's the fucking ma- sunning his taint. <laughs> the mouse is gonna come out of the house, okay? Yep, fucking exactly. boxer shorts like that. Forget it. '90s boxer shorts without yep, the button. I didn't see a button there, dude. Nary a button to be found. Um. So whatever that all happens, uh, he, he explains that his dad is really pushing him to take the business over. And you know what? He's just going to do it because he's a fucking pushover. Also, the thing that we don't say in this episode, which absolutely is happening, Billy's getting money from his parents. Can we just fucking oh, yeah. stop already? Yes. Can yeah, we just fucking stop? Because also- that's his whole plan, right? Because he says, like, okay, my parents said I could have a year to try to do the writing thing, which also, anytime you're doing, like, a career goal thing, and it's like, I'm giving myself just a year to do this, and then if it doesn't happen in a single calendar year, I'm giving up. Bad move because it's never going to happen yes, in the first. You've already year. given up. We we get this full like story of William Campbell Senior and like his life and everything, and all we get of his mother is I'm good at sauces. <laughs> I've got a talent for sauces. This mother looks like the fucking old lady from Brazil, though. You get a look at the smile <laughs> yeah. on this woman. It is she is lynching and terrifying in her own right. Absolutely. Also, Billy should just work at the furniture store and write after hours. What is, yes. Why is it such a big fucking deal? Thank you, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> like, because you'll make more money than doing that than taxis. And and tell your dad, like, look, I don't want to take a management role right now, but I can, you know, I could learn the business for a couple of years while I try and get my writing thing going. No promises that I'm going to take the business, but I'll have one foot in one door and one foot in the other. Exactly. And, and exactly. This com- gets confusing because Billy, Billy acts like he left home to go to L.A. to make his fortune as a writer. And I'm like, the fucking furniture store is in L.A. <laughs> Dude, it's right down the street from Shooters, probably. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Well, he well, said he was from the Valley or something. Well, that's we pretend in this Beverly Hills 90210 universe, this is still the extended universe, Chris, mm-hmm. that all this stuff is miles away. Beverly Hills is its own fiefdom on a hill, <laughs> and then you have to fucking take a boat to Melrose Place, and then you have to take a fucking boat to Models Inc. or whatever. Yeah. Like It's the same fucking nine blocks. It's, it's like the keys. The- I want to see the fantasy novel map of Beverly Hills and Melrose Place. 
Just all the borders, the, the, the craggy mountains that are in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a fucking giant evil tower where a Malachi throne resides and sells furniture. Jesus Christ, <laughs> did you know that Beverly Hills has a king? <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. He outrules the president. It's kind of amazing. Uh, so whatever, we see this furniture store. It's just your classic on-the-strip furniture store. Like, Billy's doing his best to sell, but not doing a great job. Like, it's a couple that want Paisley instead of whatever the fuck fabric. And, like, his dad stops mid-sale, by the way. He's like, oh, Billy, you're doing such a good job selling furniture. You're a natural, you, Billy. Like, you almost have their souls, Billy. <laughs> Just go back and seal the deal. Make sure they sign on the dotted line. <laughs> he, <laughs> yes, Dad, I'm about to make $400. Congrats. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> He keeps on acting like he's a young Shelly the Machine Levine <laughs> yes. in the sales room. And like all he's known is, yeah, it's a, it's a couch. Can you pay for it, please? <laughs> um, and like, it, it, he's just like, oh, you, you were just made for this, son. You were just made for this. And I'm like, dude, just pay Mal attention for five seconds. I beg dude, of you. Dude, Malachi Throne kind of shows his hand here as a bad business manager because when he's trying to give this pep talk to him, he's like, oh, yes, Billy. Do you see across the sales floor those two other idiots over there, Flotsam and Jetsam? <laughs> yes, they've been working with me for 25 years. And oh, Billy, are they terrible at selling things? And I was like, dude, you have kept these people on for the better part of three decades <laughs> and you think they're terrible at what they do? Oh, yes, and they steal from me, Billy, all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure one of them is sleeping here after hours, Billy. Oh. I can't prove it, okay, but someday Billy, I will. Okay, Billy, you don't have to sell furniture, but just watch the register. Make sure they're not taking anything. <laughs> oh, there's a hole in this place, Billy. I don't know how deep it goes, but we just can't hold on to money. And the other, But I mean, I do think that, the, like I said, that there is like... Okay, Billy, I'll give you $1,200 a month for rent and other expenses, but eventually the furniture store is mine. <laughs> or yours, actually. I mean, and but that's the thing, dude. And I feel like that's a thing. It's, it's unfortunately unsaid. Yes. Because nobody really talks about this in television in that way. Like, at least then is like his parents are helping him out. But like Malachi Throne's got to be like, all right, Billy. The faucet is being turned off. You're coming home to sit next to the throne. Well, well while Malachi Throne is like taking the eyes out of newts for the next <laughs> fucking you know meeting, uh, he's like telling him like, I, 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 I'm sorry I did that. I, I pressured you like this. It, it's bad to do that. I know. I just expected you to do this because my father didn't be. He's very, very like honest with him and trying to be heartfelt. And then Billy's like, well, Dad, you were just. You were always about furniture. You had no other interests. You're yeah. hollow inside <laughs> other than furniture. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's a man. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Malachi fucking throne. He's more than a man. <laughs> well, uh, I did, you know, my occult business didn't take off the way I wanted it to. So I just sell accursed furniture. <laughs> you can only bleed so many chickens dry, Billy, before the cops come to get you. <laughs> Um, and then I love his second sales scene. He's trying to uh, make a sale with uh, the legendary Liz Sheridan, you know, or as Helen Seinfeld yeah. on Seinfeld, of course. Um, I think she was also in, uh, was she in Black Christmas, actually, Cabin? 
Was she the house mother in that movie? No, but you're she is in She's some a house mother movie. in something. Oh, that's gonna fucking kill me. I thought it was that. But anyway, yeah, it's kind of awesome because she's like being like the difficult salesperson or you know, sale mark or whatever. Oh, she's the den mother in school spirit. There Previous side of her. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, she's just like, you know, I bet this fucking sale that you're having is a bunch of garbage. And I think you're all a bunch of filthy liars. Oh, right there. I see it. The sign above the door. Malachi Throne owns this place. I know all about that band. <laughs> oh, well, I, actually, now that I'm, I'm supposed to tell you, once you realize you're in Malachi Throne's domain, you, you have to abandon all hope because every... <laughs> Welcome to hell. <laughs> it just cuts to Malachi Throne and he says, Explodio. And she bursts into flames. That'd be pretty rad. No, Billy, you have to go from the gut. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he gets into it with Mrs. Seinfeld and like kind of just tells her to go fuck herself, which he is pretty funny. her a bitch. <laughs> it's crazy. Not to, not to her face. Not to her face. Thank God. <laughs> it's the door barely closes though. She storms out. He's like, "What a bitch!" And I'm like, "What? What? On. What? Come on, dude!" And he tells his dad, "Like, look, this is just. I tried this for even a day and a half, and it is just not working out, dude. The way this fucking loser goes through jobs like this, he's just quitting all these jobs, man. What an asshole! Is he still paying for the fucking taxi?" That's a great question, Chris. The cab is not mentioned in this episode. I don't know. They left it all alone. Well, you'd think he'd have to like trade off with another cabbie, right? I mean, oh, he's yeah. into that business. So he's then, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, it's not like he doesn't own it. It's not his car. But I mean, like, yeah. But to Chris's point, like, did he quit? Did he not quit? Is he right? Like, yeah. Just, <sighs> who the hell knows, right? And who he the just hell gets cares? through life, man? He just gets <laughs> through life. I'll go if I'll just work for Satan now. <laughs> But yeah, he basically, he tells his dad, like, this is not for me. You can't push me into this, blah, blah, blah. The dad's like, I guess fine with it, whatever. He goes home and it's like, now, because Malachi Throne is like sitting in the office, like he's in the store, like all the lights are off. Uh, He's doing the books or something, like looking at the receipts for the day when they have this conversation. So I was like, okay, it's after closing hours for this store. So like post- what eight o'clock nine o'clock something like that yeah when billy comes back to melrose place allison's just outside barbecuing in the dark <laughs> yeah well, you i don't know what's going on yeah, here man. you never had they a get... midnight burger <laughs> oh i've had a midnight burger man but i've never been out grilling by myself in the middle of the night some midnight nug bags <laughs> um, <laughs> that definitely but what's crazy about this grill sequence is they get to talk and, and they just abandon the grill with food cooking on it great yep. point great point not, not good man that's that's a no-no the meeting in the furniture store i mean like you have to know billy walks in he's like god damn it billy the blood orgy is 10 minutes away everybody's <laughs> in back getting undressed you better make it quick oh man they do like sh- <laughs> shuntonings at this furniture store oh totally the- mrs oh, seinfeld's dude. definitely involved in that the little- back the throne room <laughs> <laughs> that little haunted turkey from lords of salem comes out <laughs> <laughs> that thing fucking rules. It does. Um, so whatever. And you know, we got a here we go again ending here where she, uh, where which again, like Billy at some point is be like, 
You know what, Allison? I'm really sorry for that position I put you in. That makes me a world-class jerk. But he yep, doesn't abs- do that. Absolutely zero apology here. Thank you for pointing that out. And he's just like, oh, all right. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to keep hacking away at being a writer. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, my my parents have a boathouse uh, in uh, August. We're going to spend a week out there with them. That'll be great. Ugh. And then, like, it's a playful, like, I will not do that, Billy Campbell. And they're dancing around. And it's like, dude, stop it with this guy. Either fuck him or get out of here. Yes, yep, absolutely. By the way, because that's the end of the episode. Um, she's yelling. She's yelling about like what is their phone number, yeah. which is kind of funny. Um, six six six. <laughs> uh, six six six. Evil. Uh, uh, actually, you have to uh, summon a raven. Uh, I know you got to go outside and make a bird call. I got it down. Uh, the- <laughs> Oh, Alfred, Alfred, excuse me. It's one six 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 evil. <laughs> uh, no, but did you did you guys notice this? And maybe I just wasn't looking right originally. But when Billy, so Billy walks into the courtyard, and the gag is Sandy has left all of her boxes and stuff downstairs. Uh, so he kind of like looks at the pile of uh, you know luggage and shit. It's kind of a funny moment. And then immediately upon entering, like he goes to the left, to his left, and that's where Allison is barbecuing. And I was like, okay. And then they go into the apartment that's right there, like closest to them. But they must, did they change the location of their apartment? Because weren't they at the back of the complex? Yeah, probably. I feel like that's not something they keep good track of, is my guess. No, no, Allison, we're sleeping with Jake tonight. (laughs) I feel, I feel like at a, at a certain point, Jake was upstairs, but now he's downstairs as well. No, Jake was always downstairs. Uh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but it was just, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at it again, but I was like, did they change where they live just for the convenience of this like weird barbecue exchange? Hey, Allison, let's do a home invasion on Matt's place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, do you have any eggs? <laughs> well, Allison, put on this this mask of a rabbit. <laughs> You're next, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Um, I will do our classic. Are you excited to continue? Slash any parting shots, Christopher Cabin. Woohoo! These people fucking suck. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I can't wait. Uh, this was like the one where I was like, I hate everybody so much. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was definitely hard for me to get through this. Ep- I had to pause like every fifteen minutes. Because I was just getting pissed off at everybody the whole time. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to come back. Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, Eric Siska. I, I mean, I think Chris said it all. Like, I actually did pause a few times during this. I was excited for Malachi Throne, but I feel like the payoff wasn't really there as much. And we're in Palm Springs, and we're so confined to this shitty condo. Like, I wanted to see you more. Show me more of this wondrous California I hear of. Um, so I'm excited to continue and see what happens next. Sure, what the fuck? <laughs> Andrew Chupin. Uh Yeah, man, like I say every week, I am down to continue this shit. I will say two things about next week's episode of The Place. One, uh... There is like kind of crazy shit that happens, so look forward to that. But also for Chris Cabin, that's close six. Yeah, we didn't get the werewolves just yet. Yeah, half but bears, for Chris, half wolves. For Chris Cabin personally, uh-huh. though, there is a uh, great 
a little bit of personal trivia for you about something involved in the Allison storyline. Hmm. I'm yeah. excited about this. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, I, I'm always enjoying the show. Uh, it's kind of amazing just to watch Sandy deteriorate. <laughs> like it's just like they're just ta- like you just imagine Amy Locaine coming in like doing that southern accent and like, hey Amy, could you not? Um, just <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna say no. It's like, well, won't that not make sense? What is my? Uh, we're not gonna worry about it. It's just yeah, it's fine. It, it be- no one's really watching yet. It's okay. It'd be funny if towards the end of this season or whenever she leaves it like the last couple episodes she's like fading like the picture in back to the future (laughs) (laughs) like just in the show like transparent looking that would be pretty great hey why why is it amy locaine slash guest star on my dressing room wall child (laughs) my locks don't work no more uh, yeah, so that's that. I mean, it's it's fun. Uh, we're having a blast. We are having a blast here all the time on the We Hate Movies feed, on the live, on, on the main feed, and the Patreon feed. This month, uh, just tomorrow, we're going to record our episode on The Ring, which we're super excited about, which we'll be dropping this month in May. Uh, that's a We Love Movies episode on The Ring, because we're doing all pirates all the time this month on the main <laughs> feed, all Gore Verbin- mostly Gore Verbinski movies. I, th- I think he stops directing eventually. He, he does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think and, Rob, does Rob Marshall come in at some point? Rob Marshall, I think, does the fourth, and then I think the fifth. Um, there's like this Swedish adventure movie director that comes uh, in. That sounds like a can't miss. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, we've also we, we we dropped an audio version of our quarantine live special mailbag. We'll be doing another one of those th- this month. Look out for that. We've also got uh, we did it. Uh, you can check our Twitter for. We played uh, Cinephile the Game for charity. Uh, check that link out. You can watch it. It's streaming on their site. And please uh, donate. Right. And again, to be on top of stuff like that, you have to follow us on social media at WHM Podcast on Twitter or like the Facebook or, or something. Be a little proactive, folks. That's true. Because honestly, we're, we're doing a lot more shit these days and it comes up quick and fast and we don't we can't always like just promo it. So, so, totally. so sorry, you missed it. <laughs> There it is. There it is. (laughs) So that's going to do it for this week. Uh, We will see you next week for a whole new week of uh, Melrose 210. My my favorite episode of Beverly Hills 90210's first season is coming up on Monday, so we're really excited about it. Oh, shit. Uh, Until (laughs) next week, I have been Steven Sadak. Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy and remain indoors. That was a HeadGum Podcast.